and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Neighbors Livecast. I'm Super Dave, aka Mr. Incredible, and with me today is um, one half of my double dose of feminine energy. Yeah. Uh, Miss Aisha, aka, um, let's you waiting to see what I'm gonna say. No, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna do it. Anyway, uh, what's up, Aisha? How you doing? Good. Hello, David. How are you? There it is. Hello, David. She does that. that uh, <laughs> makes me feel like a four-year-old. <laughs> but uh, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. You had a good week. It was awesome. Yeah. Outside of all of the shenanigans last week, but yeah, it was a good week. Yeah, yeah. We got to get into that. But we have a great show for you today. Is I met today's guest a few years ago at uh, the first Artemisy event, which is an event created by our own Aisha and uh, a good friend of ours, Tiffany May, uh, to help bring focus to the arts and entrepreneurship in this area. Uh, after that and following her in, um, in social media, I found that she's probably one of the more interesting people that you'll ever meet when she's not making her living as one of the top bartenders on the East Coast and possibly in the country. I'm gonna go that far because that's how, uh, yeah, we do here. Um, you can also see her flexing her acting skills in the Instagram miniseries, The Production Team. Ladies and gentlemen, Monica Peacock is with us today. And as I want to make sure I got it right, yeah, is, is with us today. We're so glad to have you here. How you doing? How you doing? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for allowing me to be on your platform. Um, I'm super excited about this. Definitely, definitely welcome. And um, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff, um, how that's surprisingly your first acting job, which you were just telling me, um, and a couple of other things about your deep personal innermost secret. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can tap into that, but I'm yeah, going to yeah. for that, you know. But, uh, hey, look, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but first, there's a lot of stuff going on in the city, in the country, in the world that we need to talk about. And uh, we're going to talk about it right now. Um, it, Unless you've been living under a rock for the last week or so, you've seen all the news, all the stories about the craziness uh, that went down, uh, where you know a number of uh, Trump supporters uh, basically attacked the U.S. Capitol. Uh, they ran up in there and uh, and did what uh, murderous whites do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was, I mean, just a, a crazy situation at. Uh, at this time, they said what four people have been confirmed have been killed in the in the melee and the crazy five five should go up to five. Okay, yeah, and um, just uh, uh, a sad time in our country's history to to see the level of hatred and division get to that point. Um, it's been talked about ad nauseum for the last week. Like people have analyzed it from a lot of different angles, and I'm not going to get too much into. I don't want to, you know go over a lot of stuff that's already been said a million times. But I, there are a couple of things I do want to touch on. But first, I just want to get you guys' opinion on it. I'm going to start with each. Um, yeah, like when you saw like what was happening, like what was your reaction to, you know, uh, the craziness as it unfolded last Wednesday? Right. So, um, you know, I'm working as I am now. Uh -huh. And um, I recall saying after the election, I think it was like November 10th, Mm -hmm. when uh, I believe it was five to six generals were either resigned and or replaced, I was like, okay, that's if you go based upon dictionary definitions is a coup. 
I said, now it's lazy and pretty, like in your face, like ridiculous, this coup. But uh -huh. nonetheless, uh, President Trump is definitely trying to stage a coup. Um, and, you know, people, I, I feel like in the United States, because we've never been in this space before, we see it in third world countries, Venezuela, you know, and on the continent in Africa and stuff like that, countries, Zimbabwe, whatever. So we don't really understand the significance of these transgressions and the, the, the acts of the individuals that went to the Capitol to um, take back America. Um, to compare, yeah, to take it, to compare it to the Black Lives Matter, I thought was so disrespectful. Because, oh, man. <laughs> and, and, I, and, I, and I'll, I'll just say this so disrespectful, but um, there is a lot of misunderstanding about like the first, uh, like your freedom of speech and, and the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. You have the right as a citizen to express and to protest. You have that right. As soon as you decide that you want to breach a federal building and overthrow the government, that those are treasonous acts. Yeah. Like, like literally is an insurrection and that is seditious. So yeah, yeah. back and like, you're trampling on my first, uh, my first yeah. amendment rights. Right. Bruh, you can yeah. go out in front of the Capitol and yell, cuss, scream, act a fool. Those stuff, you, whatever you want to do here. Yeah, you can do whatever it is you want to do in the, it ain't, it's not even pro peaceful. But, you know, there's that. As long as you put your hands on anybody, destroy federal property. They did all of these things. I mean, and there was Parler, which became huge after Donald Trump lost the election. Um, and that was a space where they could coordinate and organize and discuss. But they've done this on the dark web um, forever. Yeah, since, yeah. 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 So before you go any further, because you said a couple of things uh, that I want you to. Um, we talked about you put up a post maybe the day after, or maybe even the day of, just uh, kind of giving some information about the terms that people are hearing use, things like insurrection and coup and things like that, kind of defining what these terms mean. Cause you know, it's a lot of people who are, um, you know, watching this stuff unfold and you don't even really know what those terms mean. So uh, could you talk about that a little bit, like the definition of insurrection and coup? And uh, what was, it was another term, right? Sedition. Sedition, yes. Yeah, so you you heard you heard a lot of these terms during the Civil War, um, because the act of seceding from the Union is essentially what um, they like is interrelated with this uh, sedition. So, right. a sedition is conduct or speech inciting people to re rebel against the authority or state of um, or state or monarch. So the state, you know, the United States. Um, our president gave and delivered very seditious speeches. Like the things he was saying about him losing the election when it was a fair and free election. People were able to go out and cast their votes either through mail-in ballots, which is perfectly legal in the United States, and or in person. He discouraged his um, supporters from going in and mailing in their ballots, um, as well as, you know, there's this overall... Uh, suppression of minority votes, but that's a different conversation. Minorities showed up, people mailed in their ballots. Um, he wanted to invalidate mail-in ballots. He had a huge um, uh, campaign against the post office. I mean, 
male has been impacted and directly in, affected by that right now. I've got packages that were meant mailed December 8th, still haven't seen. So yeah. mm. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. Well, I don't know. I'm, the post office hasn't been, you know, what they supposed this to be for a long time. But, it but does, I mean, you know, it was affected. Though. This is real bad. Though. I'm just saying right. couple of, with COVID, plus you got your president who's literally saying the post office sucks. They're incompetent. Uh, don't trust them. Um, so there's that piece. So, but yeah, that's what uh, sedition is. It's conduct or speech inciting people to rebel against the state. Okay. And insurrection is what they did when they stormed the Capitol, a violent uprising against an authority or government. So when they chose to go with weapons and forcibly take over the Capitol building, that was an insurrection. That is precisely dictionary. Revolution. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Not nothing, bruh. Like you trying to move things, to keep it status quo is not a revolution. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. Not at all. Um, and what was the other one? So that was sedition, insurrection, and coup. Coup. Yeah. So coup, which is a French word. Um, it's got a P on the end. I was like, it's a coup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, the the full term actually, it, uh, no, there's no um, e that's coup, but coup is c o u p, and it's actually coup d'état. The whole phrase, All right? Coup d'état. Yeah, coup d'état is a sudden, violent, and illegal seizure of power from a government. So wow. there are legal spaces where the government will have to transition or be um, under the leadership of other branches. You know what I mean? There are legal spaces for that. That rarely happens, like unless there's like times of war um, with foreign entities, things of that nature. But when you and the crew decide, you know what, we've organized and decided we're taking this whole over, period, we coming. Um, right. And yeah, and a parts of a coup include replacing your military leadership with your own um, puppet individuals, people who will do your bidding. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's what Donald Trump did, but. Yeah, yeah, that's a. Uh, let me say that. Let me say dictatorship that. 101, right? I mean, but that's been the, been the uh, case from the beginning with the, uh, you know, the Supreme Court stuff and, you know, um, just all the people that uh, change all of uh, the jobs that changed hands over the time, a revolving door. Uh, it was crazy, like, um, with all the people who were fired and brought in. And, uh, you know, it had directly to do with their willingness or unwillingness to um, to follow orders, basically. And so it, it has culminated in this uh, insane, uh, like you said, this coup of insurrection. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, the crew d'etat. Well, and so this was it was all coordinated as well because the legal um battle that the president had with the courts in Arizona and Pennsylvania, thinking like a New Yorker slash mobster type individual, he was under the impression that those legal battles would last months and prolong his uh, his presidency. And I'm like, that's not how that works. Shut it down quick. Nah, yeah, we don't like, see nothing. Nah. Yeah, it's like we're gonna take care of this today. To right. let you know today, these votes are legal. You lost the election. 
Right, right. Recounted the votes in Georgia. Again, I don't know if he thought that, well, people are recounting the votes hand by hand. It's going to take him weeks to refit to finish the recount. Yeah, nah, nah. <laughs> like, no. Two days later, you still lost Georgia. Right. Lost yeah, everything. So, so I wanna go. um I wanna get uh Monica's oh, bye for you. <laughs> opinion about the uh so when you saw you know what was going on Wednesday, um what was your initial reaction? Like, what were you thinking? I was like shocked. I was like, this is really happening. Like, this is really happening. Yeah. And I mean, I know Asia said, like, you hate to compare it, but like, you know, we literally have spent since what? February, March. Yeah. Uh, like protesting and being violent. Black people, brown people, minority people, people of color, period, have been attacked and killed for protesting um, uh, peacefully, right? And then you have these people who have strategically planned this, you know, these proud boys, these these anti-systematic people, a group of people come in and just overthrow everything. Right. You know what I mean? And, And then it was like, you know, I had people that I had friends that were like called in to um, work the grounds or whatever. And they were told to let these people in. Cause I know you saw yeah. videos of them opening up the doors. Yeah. They were told to do that Yeah, right. because they, it was so crowded. It was so, they were so outnumbered. The police was so outnumbered. They just had to let them in. Apparently that's one of like the defense, I guess in war, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. but it was still like, you had tanks out there for us. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. had gas. And then when he wanted, when Trump wanted to make his little photo op, he like cleared the whole street. Yeah. yeah. You did this on purpose. And then the fact that they were known to like people on the inside, congressmen were calling because they didn't know what was going on and they were scared for their lives. And they were calling to see if the DOD could help them. Just imagine if they would have died that day. And the DOD was like, no, nah, you're good. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> At first. And they try to play that story down now. Like, oh, no, they, it just took them a while to get back. No, initially right. they were like, no. Nah, and, and it was really worse when I started reading articles of um, um, security guards who were Black and they were being outnumbered and being jumped. And you see, they was like, they were looking over and they would see like their white, their white, um, their white uh, colleagues just taking pictures. It's like, yo, I'm getting jumped over here. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that like, <laughs> that right there was like, dang, that's messed up. Like, you know what I mean? Like you supposed to be you out here doing your job and you think it's somebody that you've been with every day, you know, not even think that they would do something like this, right? Yeah. Just leave you hanging like this. And even if you didn't like me, right? Like you still have a job and you're out here not taking it seriously. Right, right, right. right and right. you jeopardize my life and yours. Well, not even yours, because you're taking pictures. You're jeopardizing yeah, yeah, my life. Right, and right. I would have took that. And what did uh Michael Jordan say? And I took that personally. Yeah. I mean, how how can you do anything but take it personally? It's such a uh, just this, like you said, it's hard to believe that something like that would happen. Well, not really hard to believe. It's, I think it is. I uh, think it's hard to believe. I think it's just what what's hard to believe. Um, you know, they're bold and white people, not white people, not all white people. Uh, the people that stormed, the white people that stormed the Capitol, 
Trump supporters who stuck, let me like classify them, Trump supporters who- Got to be politically correct. Yes, because right. I don't want to be like, white people did it. No, we're not going to say white people. Trump yeah. supporters stormed the Capitol. They had the okay to do this. They yeah, had, yeah. you know what I mean? The fact yeah. that they were able to make it there, leave their houses, fly up, get back on the plane, or even get to the airport and then be denied. You, you, yeah, you yeah. something was, something was uh, in these strategic plannings and planning meetings, something solidified them that they would be okay. Right. Yeah, yeah they yeah. sure. Like, so, yeah. The, the individuals who comprise the strongest and most ardent Trump supporters um, are offshoots of the Tea Party and they've progressed into QAnon. Like that really is how it's, they're not classic Republicans. This, these is a, this is a subset of Tea Party members who specifically hated Barack Obama, couldn't stand Barack, and the idea of minorities being in positions of power is driving white privilege insane. Yeah. So we're dealing with people who are absolutely manic with fear and righteous indignation. And <laughs> they literally are, I mean, they've been prepping since 2009, 2008, when Barack was president for this moment. They've been talking right, about right. for 10 years. Donald Trump got in the White House and they're like, finally, we have our representation here. And exactly. he's been meeting, going to rallies, engaging with him. I mean, he don't give a damn about these people. And he he don't. Yeah, I'm suffering the worst. Like his his PR team, like his whole strategy and his strategists and things are brilliant. Like he did an amazing job of, like you said, speaking directly to those people and getting them to the point where they feel not only are uh, uh, African Americans, minorities, the enemy, but the status quo is also the, to isolate them to make them feel like it's no talking it out, it's no conversation. At this point, we got like if you hear some of the rhetoric that's going on right now. It's like, we can't surrender. We can't give up our country. And um, when you were talking, it was like, it's not anything really funny about it. I didn't want to be misunderstood. Misunderstood. Wow. Misunderstood. I laughed a little bit, but it's just because I was having this conversation with a friend of mine about how, uh, how insane it is that the idea of losing this ultimate power is so frightening. It's like, what are you so mad about? Like, you own everything, bro. Like, y'all, like, you, you you got it already. Why are you so scared? That's but because they're so selfish. Yeah, yeah, so but it's the selfish. idea of losing that power, right? It's so it's that selfishness and like I can't give up a little bit of this. Or if you're if you are a poor white person, like poor and white, they they don't go together. Oh, oh they don't want you to think it does, but that's the yeah. that's middle yes, America. It does, but you. So all you had was your right to vote, your ability to oppress. The, the you being white was like your power. So exactly. to, to see a, ma a black man as the president, I mean, it takes all of the prestige and privilege from that office away. So check, there's that. We don't give a damn or respect nothing about no president because if you had this black man in there, guess what? I, that'll mean nothing to me. Um, and then you have now you've got Kamala. You have a, a, a woman as the first minority uh Vice president. vice president and it's like 
heads are blown. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. We did this. We did everything in our power to stop Hillary. And then we got a And then you got this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we can't even kill Biden because then right. she'll be in Right. We can't even kill Biden because she's up to bat next. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's just... um. Man, like I said, it's it's, it's such a mind blowing just uh, thing. Like I was with my mom on Wednesday, and uh, I got a call, and uh, it was like, uh, yeah, they just ran up in the Capitol. I'm like who? Ain't nobody run up in the the Capitol. The Capitol okay. that had a thousand police officers on the steps when Black Lives Matter was trying to get in there, and well, it wasn't even trying to was out there peacefully chilling and mm-hmm. you know protesting, doing yoga, murder and stuff. Right, doing yoga and dancing. <laughs> And and now it's uh yeah, and then the call just kept getting worse. Hey man, somebody got shot, people falling off the walls, they done bust okay? through. It's like, yeah, it's just like, oh man, bananas. So Yeah. And I think uh, that's what makes it even crazier is the fact that like, you know, when you're walking downtown on a normal day, like if anything was open, right? Like like say there was no pandemic, there would be like, all right, now move along. You can't right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, <laughs> to the point that it made you feel secure, you know, but I mean, I don't know if the, the notion that everything was planned and supported, it, it makes it better because now, you know, okay, it's not that the, the security that's supposed to be there failed, is that they were doing exactly what was planned to be done, which was to let them in and do all kinds of craziness, mm-hmm. and, you know, so I don't know. Uh, and they knew that right place because like none of like the like the real like official um security guards they didn't have like when i look at the screen like when i look at the videos a lot of them didn't have like guns or anything they had mace right yeah. mace exactly and batons targeting yeah yeah exactly so i mean just uh just just craziness and now there you know there's um a long period now of everybody pointing fingers at different people uh, they said a couple of the um, uh, the Capitol Police, the people who are running the Capitol Police have stepped down and calling for more resignations. And it's, it's interesting to see some of the fallout that's happening, though. I've been hearing rumors. I haven't seen any. Uh, maybe you guys have seen some confirmed reports that some of the people, as they're being identified, have. I know some people got arrested, but I've heard that some people have lost their jobs. Have you guys seen any of that? Oh, yeah. I've definitely seen a lot of people, especially Twitter is just where it's at. <laughs> um, they expose people on a daily basis. Immediately, yeah. <laughs> That's why I love it. I'll never get rid of that app. Right. But right. Um, yes, they are exposing people. People have taken pictures. Um, people, any, even if you were inside, if you were, because a lot of um, off-duty police officers were in the Capitol from out of town. Yes. Yeah. So with the because DC has its own Wi-Fi, they were able to pick up. 5G, your Wi-Fi was able to trigger to your phone and say, look, we want to see how many people were in the Capitol that day. Mm. So that's how they're able to trigger it. And then they know you can't even lie and say, yeah, it wasn't you. Because they have you pinpointed in that um, particular area at this particular time, how long you were there. Right. And then if the and then if any surveillance near the Capitol caught picked you. you up, you're caught. So that's how they're catching a lot of these people. And I'm just thankful, you know, that we have the technology that we have. It's scary, but... Yeah, yeah. Because I I feel like it's eventually going to be turned against us, but in this situation... Yeah, I mean, it has. It's already turned against us, but now we're benefiting it in our favor. Um, The only thing that I don't like is that um, 
you know, with the FBI, like, hey, make sure that you come forward about people. And the thing about it is, is right. that you know who was in there. Stop playing with us. You know right, who right, 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 right. So many of our tax dollars, so many funds were allocated to defense, and you want us to snitch on people, or you want right. us to tell them. And you know, um, of course, it's our due diligence. We won't call it snitching because you know they did they they were wrong. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. but at the same time, no, this is your job. This is this is something that you need to clean up. Yeah, because you had yeah. every right and you had you had every opportunity to seize that moment and you didn't. So yeah. you need to figure this out. Let let us let let us people of color, especially black people, stay out of this one. Yeah, that this but ain't I mean, our point. It's not but, our. But I do think that the, there's things like that that are put in place to make sure that um, no real consequences can be handed down and and the um the blame for that can be turned back like well we call for people to tell yeah. who I they mean, saw and nobody said right? nothing so now we can't blah 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 you know mm -hmm. and that's fine i'm not even going there we've done too much work we've helped build this we've helped pave the way we've All helped right. so much Monica. i'm tired we are tired <laughs> right okay yeah, yeah. Even yeah. if I have not personally done the work, I've known people who have constantly done the work. Yeah, yeah. So no. Right. You right, you right. handle this. Yeah, definitely, man. So um the so now uh with everything that's happened, uh there's been a an increased call to uh impeach uh the president again or invoke the twenty fifth amendment. And try mm -hmm. to get him out. I personally don't think it's going to happen. Just uh, one, because it's so close to uh, the end of his term. And he's just, uh, you know, somebody who's been told uh, on Monday that Friday will be their last day. You know, so he's going to do whatever he want to, you know, he knows nothing. What you going to do, fire me again? And that's what they're, te that's what they're basically trying to do. Um, I definitely understand the aspect of um, not uh, uh, taking away the ability for him to get some of the perks that came with the job. Why did that not happen with the first uh, impeachment? As I think it was because they had no real. Um, unfortunately, he, he just he just got good lawyers, um, yeah, and then yeah. too there wasn't nothing that could really stick to him. They stuck to everybody else, and you notice everybody else kind of were able to. They were either in jail or something happened to them where yeah. they like something severe, uh, another severe punishment like jail. Um, so they, you know, nothing really. He had a lot of pawns. Right. So right. Yeah, even yeah. if he knew what he was doing. Huh? Yeah, the Republican Party has been very and, and I put a lot of this on, yeah, a lot of this on legacy Republican Party. So the Republican Party is completely in bed with the Tea Party section, the subset of them, um, the Ted Cruz's and the Josh Hartley's. Um, so they don't have the balls, you know. I mean, you've got like mitts. You got Mitt Romney. <laughs> right, right, right. Who's got the cojones to say. The only, right, right. He's been the only one standing up. Everybody else, they're either silent, like, hey, I'm not even, I'm not even like, like the, the Colin Powell's and the Connelly's of Rises, um, the Michael Steele's, they're no longer engaged or active no, anyway. So, no way, right. Yeah, so they don't care. And then you've got the uh, Mitch McConnell's um and lindsey graham's from south carolina who are just just the absolute worst so oh did you see the video of them chasing lindsey graham through the uh airport. <laughs> through that's horrible. but that's what he deserves because had the republican party um taken taken the time out to really um denounce donald trump you know what like i mean Senate, like you right. think about it, he was running there was like 25 republicans that were running and out of 25 
white people, mm. male and female, he was really the most competent. Mm. Get out of my face. Is yeah, 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 no, I, no, I, I, I always say, sorry to cut you. I always no, say yeah. since um, because uh, I was contracted out to do inauguration and um. Like I was contracted out before we knew who was going to win. Let's put mm -hmm. that out there and say, hey, going to do this. But um, yeah, from like just being in the atmosphere of Trump supporters and we're well, not Trump supporter, the Republican Party. Um, I felt like Trump was that that illegitimate cousin that nobody really wanted to claim. He's always done some wild stuff, but you know what? That's my cousin. And right. we're going to support him in this. It's almost like he got his GED, but we're here for graduation, <laughs> but we know he ain't shit, basically. Yeah, right. And we're going to continue to support him and ride him out. And then some of his family was like, you really, you really, you really going to support him on this? I'm just right. here for the drinks. I'm not here for a long time. I'm only here because my mom forced me to be here. Right. My mom and begged me to come. I wasn't coming. Right. And yeah, that's yeah. exactly what the Republican Party did with Trump. Exactly. Yeah, that's the sentiment. I want to real quick shout out um, a couple of people, Shannon Thornton, uh, Pat, Veronica is uh, uh, on here shouting us out and, and saying a few things. And uh, boss lady who just logged in. Um, uh, Veronica said they can impeach him after the end of the term. So um, yeah, I didn't. So they can impeach a president after he's done, after he's gone. I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah, because I mean, he still has some type of um, you know, even though it's almost like that pay period, right? Not how when you end your job, but you're still getting a check, them checks, or you're getting a severance. Right, you know, right, yeah. And yeah. between that time of that severance, whatever happens, if you do anything illegal or whatever the case, like they, can you you know, they can revoke yeah. their contract and not pay you. Um, so, yeah, um, I think that, you know, even though I don't think it's going to happen, some part of me believes that it's going to happen, that they might impeach him because i think they were just they just trying to they're going to make they're doing they're going to do this to make a point right yeah yeah to try to make sure you know what i mean because like this is yeah it's going to take uh they're going to make a point of the fact that one he's always like he like all right i lost already but i'm going to try to run again in 2020 well, he's already saying it yeah <laughs> right he's trying to rerun and then on top of that he has like millions of support who are who have actively shown like they can be terrorists right or not right. only just the capital but i know they've been highlighting on the news of, about how so many people have been attacked um um people of color have been attacked because of trump supporters I'm right exactly because of trump you know yeah, yeah. where he's becoming a well he's always been a liability but right. it's no longer safe for people and i think people want a sense of a normalcy especially with the pandemic, we already fighting for our lives for from a disease. And now you got to worry about, you know, I mean, we was already worrying about getting killed in the street, but now right. literally going to the gas station, about to go get gas and then you get knocked upside the head. You trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like, yeah, exactly. right, right. <laughs> you know, so I think that um, I think that like for the most part, like they're going to make an example out of him if they do decide because they're saying that um you know they're gonna have to bring kamala in because they won the house so right, if, the right. pub, if the minority right. or the republican party decided they don't want to participate in this mm. they're like oh okay that's fine we're gonna bring kamala in we're gonna get the majority in to get them up out of here right because yeah, yeah. he is clearly and more importantly i think also this year he's done a lot of 
he's already he's always been disrespectful disrespectful since he's been in office but i think this um the year of 2020 has been the apple like it's been embarrassing right right yeah exactly no i agree yeah definitely yeah it's yeah. been it's been a lot man it's um and uh so yeah that'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do i kind of i follow your sentiment like i don't think that um you know, like he's gotten this far. I don't think that it, it'll um, that there'll be any real effort. Even though uh, Pelosi is is making the moves, like she's uh, you know mm-hmm. going around and finding out, uh, filling out the uh, the Congress and um, trying to see where they are. And she's saying that she has the support to get it done. So we'll see. And like you said, um, symbolically, if they can do it, I'm I'm with it. Like I mean, I feel like uh, it's, it's something that you know just just to like I was saying, to show any other person who may have the idea of uh, of taking it this far that that's not, you know, how America works and uh, what we do here. So, um, yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this topic, but I did. I'm so glad. I uh, appreciate you guys' opinion so much. And, um, yeah, I think that uh, part of the healing from this whole crazy thing, not that we necessarily need to do any healing, because like oh, you said, I feel like, like well, no, I mean like us, like as black people, but uh, not oh. um, uh, directly related to this situation. I don't think that there's, like you said, I don't think that we really did anything necessarily. You know, oh, it was, no, yes. it was that one dude. Did you see the picture of the one dude uh, that was standing in the Congress yes. chamber with the hat backwards? And I was stuff? not even mad at him, and I'm gonna what? tell you why. Okay, explain that. Yes, because it looked like he was just in there, like, yo, they really did this. He looked like. <laughs> He wanted to see like what was going on. We can't like, do like, that he though. Never even got that close to it or be in a like he looked like he would have never been like on a normal day. He wouldn't even be allowed past security, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me see what this actually looks like. If you really had the opportunity, like just think about it. If the white, if every the, the world had gone bad and you had the opportunity to go up and down throughout the White House, wouldn't you try to do it? I don't know, just because like one of the I saw a meme. That showed him standing there and he had such an introspective look on his face that the meme was hilarious it was like he's standing there realizing that he's the only one that's going to jail for all of this and i feel like <laughs> that sentiment is is what you know pretty much it was it's like why would you, you stop we got to stop following them you know it's like yeah. come on bro stay like you said let's stay out of this one and let them kind of work out they mess because i mean fighting with the police who they supposedly like the whole blue lives matter thing went out the window when they was ready oh, yeah. to, you know, kill everybody. But um, but yeah, so let them sort out their stuff. We needed to kind of stay far away from that whole uh, uh argument just because, you know, it's not, I don't think it had the gravity that they tried to make it have in the his, in history. Because like my sentiment, I was talking to a coworker the other day, like, so what's the plan like when none of this does anything? When like Biden is still sworn in, him and Kamala are still the president and vice president. But um, like I said, the rhetoric is scary right now. Like there's a lot of, you know, uh, seeing that other side of social media and uh, and just uh, the sentiment uh, in and of itself of like, well, we, we can't lose. We can't let this happen. So if this doesn't happen, like I'm worried about what's the next plan, like what they're going to do. Apparently they're planning on bringing guns like they yeah. before. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was just like, I need to hurry up. Like, that was like, you know, my stimulus need to come so I can just go get this gun. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, you know, when white people get scared or when they feel like they're inferior, you know, it just, it's a repeated history that they, you know, they come for blood and they yeah. didn't wipe yeah. out a whole 
town if they can. And mm-hmm. this was prime example. Like, you know, we always hear about the like the um uh, Black Wall Street. We hear right. about <laughs> like, right, exactly. like back no. in our history, Rosewood, like these black prominent areas. Right. Right. Chocolate City used, to, I mean, you know, DC used to be a black prominent area. Right. You know what I mean? And you literally came in and literally destroyed a part of DC. Right. No yeah. telling what yeah. you would do. And then they've been finding bombs. And, right, and right, the yeah. DC and the RNC. So no telling what you are doing. And you have people like the Proud Boys or off-duty police officers or retired military or like some people might say, uh, like I heard this white man say, crackers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That are, they be in the woods playing with bombs. Right, no right. Telling yeah. what they will do when that actually, when that day, when it's time for um, President Biden and Vice President Kamala to um, take their oath. And I think that's something that needs to be taken serious. And of course, yes, people are going to be shot on site, but I think they're willing, they're really, white people are willing to die for what they stand. Like they say, it's a revolution. 100%, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially because of the depth and, um, and, it's, it's kind of weird to us is because of their feelings. You know, it's like uh, we've been uh, for, this is something that as a community, we're used to living at the, uh, at the whim of, of white uncomfortability. It's like, if they start to get uncomfortable, and so we start, we got to get uncomfortable too, because what are they going to do? You know? And so, um, yeah, this puts them in a position like they ready to die for their comfort, you know, for okay. what they perceive as their safety, even when it's not a threat, if it's a perceived threat, you know, Right. Uh, and then you have someone like a Trump who's um, you know, uh, speaking that language and and uh, emboldening them and making them believe that the threat is more real than it actually is. And to lose anything like it's, it's okay. The, the changes, you know, um, it's not even really going to affect them as negatively as they think. So that's what's so crazy. Like I said, what are you so mad about? But it's it's that level of comfort that so, yeah, silence. They don't have the voice. They won't be able to walk around this this ain't this will not be like Jim Crow right yeah that's uh right but I mean that to a certain extent it hasn't been like that for a while right like it know. hasn't but you knew like if you go to certain places and areas you knew not to go there like it's funny I go visit yeah. my friend and um uh my friend in uh, Alabama and when I'm out oh, don't go there no more no <laughs> there it's so peaceful. Uh, Alabama is lovely I've been there too it's really um nice. and when I'm out there and um it's just a different vibe and when I'm right. when I'm out there like I we were like say for instance like we went to this restaurant mm-hmm. and they didn't have um a certain type of food mm-hmm. that I normally like when I go there so mm-hmm. I was like you gotta tell the uh the waiter or whatever I was like you gotta tell the waiter and I went like yeah you better make sure you tell her this to this white lady and and so my friend was like whoa like yes like yes and her her face was so the the waiter the waitress face was like who is this nigga like (laughs) my face waving her finger yeah you know what i mean and i didn't think of anything and like i'm like yeah girl like tell him more just like yeah yeah it wasn't even that serious to you but she got that white uncomfortability you lucky you ain't get shot in alabama doing that you need to calm down they would and um it's been numerous occasions where um i have been out down there and people are like where are you from you're not from here right you know what i mean because most a lot of black people 
um, down in Alabama, they are still complicit. Mm. Um, you know, my up south self will be like, oh, hey, white people. Right. How you doing? <laughs> and they like, who is it? You know what I mean? Like, who is this nigga? Right. You know? yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, like, like I just to get back to the point, a lot of places down south, like even in Florida, they're still yeah. they're still racist. Right. Yeah. Have been complicit and they don't know anything other than being racist. If you go to certain parts of Ohio. Yeah. You know, I mean, talks about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely all over. You know, uh, this this country, um, we see it a lot. The the middle America and uh, you know the South, different places, everywhere basically. Um, there's uh, that that um, undercurrent, and it's not even so much an undercurrent anymore. And and there definitely has been an uptick since uh, you know since Trump gained office, and so um, just you know, hopefully the changes that need to be made will be made in, in that respect. But um, but I don't know. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's so let's. Uh, I just want to talk about a few other things before I get into uh, asking you a whole bunch of questions yeah. about your life and stuff. Um, real quick, uh, at last report, uh, super producer Dr. Dre was still in ICU uh, a week after the news broke that uh, he suffered a brain aneurysm. Um, as you know, uh, Dr. Dre is of course the the genius behind the West Coast sound for many years. People like Ice Cube, Snoop. Eminem, 50 Cent, among many others. And uh, uh, a person who we had on as a guest a couple of weeks ago, um, producer Mark Bird, who's a good friend of his, um, you know, I spoke to him a little bit about the situation. And uh, he's, uh, Dre is uh, trying to pull through, you know, he's doing, he's, but he's still in the hospital. So, you know, our hopes and prayers go out to him and his family. Uh, he's definitely, um, he's in, I think he's the first black uh, billionaire from the music industry. I want to say it was either him or, I know he did it before Jay, but. Um, Who, uh, Dr. Jay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think that the Beats, the Beats took him. To yeah, yeah, it took him over there. Yeah, over the <laughs> yeah, and he makes really good headphones. I don't know if he uh, makes them himself in his basement or if a company, no, I'm just playing, but no, he's a. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, man, uh, you know, definitely praying for his uh, recovery. Um, our old co-host, I say our old, but uh, y'all know uh, Jason used to host with me. Uh, he stepped away this year to focus on his um, a couple of things, including his music career. And he has his second of a three mixtape set uh, called Jason for President. The second one is called El Presidente. It's coming out January 13th. Uh, fire is uh, a lot of uh, dopeness, so y'all check it out. Shout out to Jay Sun uh, for making those moves and uh, and getting back to his music, which uh, was you know kind of the heart of his his uh, his whole thing there. And, and it's really good music, so y'all definitely check that out um, when you get a chance. Uh, let's see. I also wanted to talk a little bit about. Uh, it's been announced this week that the the coronavirus. Remember that. Remember when that was a big thing? No, but the, <laughs> the vaccine rollout has officially started. It's been reported um, that DC Mayor Miro Bowser has uh, set dates uh, for the first groups to start uh, planning to get their shots. I haven't heard anything. I've heard rumors, but I haven't seen anything official about any mandatory, um, uh, anything being mandatory at this point. Um, all they've done is set dates that people can go. Um, and of course, they're starting with 
uh, their first group, which is I think people over 65 and frontline workers. And then the next group includes like teachers and um, people in uh, healthcare and who deal with children and things of that nature. And, you know, on down until they get to pretty much everyone. And we've talked a, a little bit on this show uh, since they've been talking about a vaccine, about the idea of, of receiving the vaccine. And I just want to get your opinion on it. Uh, uh, Mo, if you, uh, you know, do you think you'll take the vaccine? Have you Hell thought about it? I'm not taking it. <laughs> if I've survived this long without it, right. why would I take it? Right, yeah. Um. Then on top of that, everything, they don't even know how this stuff works. They right, still don't even yeah. know how the coronavirus works. Right. They're willing to risk people's lives yeah, yeah. in order to make the world safe and um i'm just not going to be that type of risk taker um i support anybody who wants to do it and want to be on the front lines for that kudos to you um i'm just not gonna do uh i you know it is sad because like when they talk about the vaccine like i think his name is dr fossey or whatever anthony Fauci. yes like yes he talks about how like there are so many different forms of vaccines, like there are three different types of vaccines out, right? Right, and right, then right. Even with those, it's still not guaranteed. He's saying like, hey, I watched a video or something to him on the news and he's like, yeah, if you have a pre-existing condition right. or you have some type of health illness or you're taking multiple medications, this might not be for you because that can offset all types of things. Right, right. Yeah. So like, you, you know, you're not even, so... You basically, and then after that, we're hearing so many things about how people, and it could be rumors, or, you know, but you're hearing about people who are healthy, who are getting these uh, vaccinations, are even getting really bad, um, getting really bad side effects from it, or they're dying. Right, right. So, um, I'd rather just risk it, you know, and just continue to do me, like eat healthy take my vitamins, you know, work on being healthy like I have been. Um, I didn't get the opportunity like most people to stay, um, you know, to stay quarantined. I had to kind of like work through that. Right. And so I have, if I've been able to do that and still survive this pandemic, and it has nothing to do with nobody who has, you know, because I have people who have, I've known people who died from it. Right. Um, It's a serious thing. Yeah, but yeah. we need to take more precautions about Definitely. how we're moving and how we're handling our day to day. A lot of people are nasty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot no. of people are nasty, and yeah. they do not take the proper due diligence um, as far as hygiene is concerned to be considerate of others to not spread any germs. Right. Yeah. And that's that's just evident in how fast it's been spreading, how, you know, even with the vaccine and things, it's still the spread is still rampant. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like you said, people are nasty. Like it was so surprising how foreign of a notion it is for people to wash their hands, you know, on a regular basis. Like I'm a hand washer. I, I you know, I wash my hands regularly. Yeah. Anyway. In the industry, you got to wash your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's been, you know, um, uh, of course, different things about people uh, that are in a position like yourself who have to continue working, who, you know, your bread and butter is uh, dealing with the public. And um, but but 
like you said, if you if you keep stay with your routines, make sure you're washing your hands, keep your mask on, things of that nature, you know, um, hopefully um, things will start to get back to normal as more people do uh, right. take the vaccine. Not me, but more people. Right. Other, and other people. then what I... Yeah, not to cut you off, but then another thing was, and what I believe, um, not to say that is like I do believe people should be safe, but I thought it was so strange that my brother said something like a long time ago. He was like, "Yeah, stick your hand in dirt," and I was like, "What? Like stick your hand in dirt? Like you're tripping? Like that's not gonna solve the coronavirus?" He was like, "No, think about it. If you're exposing your body to germs, like natural germs, it'll help." fight off those other germs that are coming your way. And you think about it, when you think about it, it sounds crazy, right? It's like, I was looking at him like, nigga. But you hear so many stories about how so many people have not left their, their houses and they're getting sick and they're dying. Yeah. Right? Yeah, people yeah. who have been out are fine. But people that, when they come back in, they bring those germs in to the people who haven't been going anywhere. Which is like, yeah, you should probably be in the house. You should not be exposing it. But if you were to, if that person would have not like necessarily, if they would have probably tried to like at least go somewhere and expose like some type of like dig your hand in some dirt or something the case may be, then they would, they would probably um, be able to fight off some of those diseases because you're literally kind of like standing in stronghold. Like you're literally kind of like- Building up your immunity. Yeah. yeah, you're building yeah. your immunity for it. Yeah. And so I want to ask you real quick: Did you, uh -huh. is, is your brother a fan of the show The Office? Yeah, yes, he is. That's where that came from. The guy Dwight was like, oh, okay. "Yeah, that's we should have a bowl from. of dirt, and then so everybody <laughs> can have a hand dirtying station to build up their immunity." It's hilarious, but I mean, it has some, you know, um, some. I don't when know about I, two implications, but it has some, uh, you know, that theory is is sound, like building up your immune system mm -hmm. to the point where even like uh, there was a, um, a thing years ago in Russia, they used to put newborn babies out and they would, of course, cover them, put them, you know, uh, cover them well, but they would put them out in the cold, like oh, and wow. sleep there, but it was to build up their resistance to cold and their immunity and it worked, you know, it kept them. Wow, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I saw something about it. Um, uh, I saw the story and read up about it. And it's just interesting. So that's kind of speaks to that, that sentiment of building up, doing things to build up your immunity. I don't know if a bowl of dirt is necessarily the, uh, <laughs> the answer. I don't know but... either. When he, I looked at him and I was like, but yeah, but... but I was like, you, it might be, it might, you know, we might need to start encouraging people to maybe even not necessarily go outside and be with the public because you're going to go outside regardless. Right, like I have yeah. a friend who, was like you can go to the grocery store and catch it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you out at a party. Right. And my friend, she had, she had, she's recovering from COVID, and it was like as long as you have symptoms, you're still like you're still technically you still technically have COVID. Right. And yeah. Yeah. she had this like she lives by herself. She can't get nobody. She can't afford to keep going to Uber Eats every day. You right. know what I mean? And living having to leave the door. She had to go to the store. So just imagine how many people are going who have COVID who are going to the grocery store. Going to the grocery store, going to work, going to different places, uh, you know, out of the same necessity. Like, okay, I have this. If I tell my boss he's going to sit me down for 14 days, but I can't miss that check. I got to pay rent. I got to pay bills. So they're making these tough life decisions. And mm -hmm. I mean, thank God there's some assistance out there. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, uh, some of the people are in the position to be able to, to sit out that time, to give it time where, 
we can kind of cut down the spread because the issue with that becomes the more you spread it, the more, the more it's going to be out there. So it's, it's uh, going to make the time that you have to be out even longer. And so, yeah, uh, yeah it'll just be, you know, uh, hopefully um, after a while, like I was thinking, I don't know about never taking the vaccine, but I know I'm definitely not going to be the first, you know, because yeah. those, yeah. like you said, it's guinea pigs. They risking people's lives because there's no way to know the long term. Most of these clinical trials for these medicines that come out run years, if not longer. And um, there's no way to know the long term effects of something when it was just created in, uh, you know, uh, June, you know. And so uh, they're like, yeah, it's fine. It's safe. Blah, blah, this, that, and the third. And then you know, just the conspiracy theorist in me is like, I don't even know if I'm getting the same one that maybe someone else is getting. Like or anything Biden like was getting, right? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a, um, you know, a scary thing. But uh, hopefully, uh, some resolution comes to it that uh, yeah. the vaccine is found to be safe. And well, eventually, they're going to start it where they're going to say that you know, even though they're going to start making it where if you want to travel, yeah. you're going to have to take it. And right, I know, right. like, that's a big thing, a part of me and my family, like, we were supposed to go on a cruise, mm-hmm. and they, like, talking about, and my friend who cruised, at, like, she's an advocate cruiser, she's talking about how, like, yeah, we're going to have to take the vaccine for it, and then mm-hmm. I started hearing, like, yeah, we're going to have to, like, cruises are talking about, yeah, you're going to have to take a, a vaccine before you get on a cruise, and I'm like, eh, nah, I'm not doing Yeah, yeah like I said, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'll stay in state before that happens or I'll go somewhere else, spend my bread somewhere. And I think I caught it and I think I caught COVID and I'm one of those people and I just was reliving one. You know how Facebook tells you one of your stories? Right, yeah. Um, Shows you one of your memory stories. And around this time, like last year, I was Mm. on, I was on Instagram, like begging for help. Like, y'all, I don't know what's going on. I'm sick. Don't like, like, can somebody give me something that will help cure this? Because I'm going on two weeks now and I'm sick. Don't give me no NyQuil. Don't tell me give me no Tylenol. I am sick. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They said a lot of people, you know, um, it was here before uh, all the reports came out and there were people who had it and even the medical community wasn't aware. So they were just saying, you got the flu, go home and rest and things of this nature, giving people stuff and they went through it and and, and, um, thankfully made it through some didn't though. But, uh, if that was the case, thank God that you were able to, um, yes, you know, to, to make it through. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's just something like unprecedented. This uh, 2020 has been crazy, and you know, 2021 it started off with the with the foolishness. So uh, <laughs> it's always started off like I did like an article. It's always started off with some foolishness, especially with Trump. Um, yeah. You know, last year around this time, he had killed some. He had killed like a president of a um, of a, a, a nation. I think it was like um, somewhere in, not Saudi Arabia, but he killed a a, a, a prominent American, member. Yeah, yeah, a prominent member of the. Like, and the was prominent. So when they want his head, they still want his head. Yeah. So when yeah. he gets out of office, he's going to need security. Yeah. So that's yeah. why <laughs> he is going to need security. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From I mean, that you know, and all the sanctions that he has lined up when he leaves. Right, right. People on that level tend to have, um, you know, uh, ways to stay safe, though. You know, they have bunkers and things of that nature. So, but, um, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, so I want to talk to you a little bit about your life and your experiences and what you, you know, got going on in the world. So I always start with the same question. I ask all my guests the same thing. Uh, It's just a little bit of introspection, thinking about, um, 
young Monica. Yeah. I got her. Yeah. Uh, going back to uh, when you were younger, if people asked you when you were a little girl what you wanted to be when you grew up, do you remember what you would tell them? Yeah. Um, there were. I wanted to do two things. Okay. I wanted to be a Disney child, a Disney star, Disney oh. Channel star, yeah. and I also wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know exactly. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I can see that's so Monica, you know. Be- yes. You know, I wanted to be the next that's so Raven, okay? Yeah. 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 That's dope. That's dope. So um when you uh got into bartending, how did that happen? Like what led you to that? How did I get into it? I got into one, I always when I was in college, mm-hmm. my my house, my apartment was the spot. I was okay. always up something. I was always drinking. You can ask anybody. Oh, um, okay. And then uh, I always wanted to get into bartending, but I just never kind of really knew how. And um, I was going through a, like, a tr- it was crazy. I was going through a breakup. Okay. And I met, <laughs> I was in a Bible study. Because, you know, people run a church. Amen. Crazy. Going through it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I did the typical thing. And um, I was in church and this girl that I met who actually became one of my good friends, mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, I'm a bartender. And I was like, oh, really? I want to learn. And then so she kind of like showed me the ropes and I kind of like just took off from there. Nice. nice. So because you said your uh, your background, you started in marketing. Yeah. And that's what your degree is in. Mm-hmm. Did you work in marketing before you became a bartender? Yes. Um. So uh-huh. I so prior to that, me getting into like that, I was working at um, I was working at a non nonprofits. I also worked okay. at Uber. That was the oh, majority right. of my career, um, not driving. Right, right, right. Office, because people were like, yeah, you drove for Uber? No. Like uh, you know, you said I was a uh, you know a, a vehicle <laughs> technician or something. You know. <laughs> yeah, like I was no. working in our office. In the office, though, cool. Yeah, cool. um, and yeah. that was just a a. a, a, a couple of experiences and I um I, I love them for that and I still nice. contact with them but most of my background is in tech and mm. um tech marketing you know products and uh, oh, okay. the operations of it um because marketing is very broad most people think like right. oh you're gonna promote this da, 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 da. like some people are not meant to be the pro- promoters and the sellers some people are meant to just be in the background creating the ideas and helping with operations right I'm girl um Okay. So I was doing okay. that for about two years, and in the midst of that, I was still I was had the opportunity to still bartend, nice. Um, nice. and I got to do a lot of events, and uh, it you know it opened up my eyes like wow. And then once I left um, Uber headquarters, I tried to do like other like contracting roles with marketing, and they just were not lasting for long. So nice. eventually, I just kind of just there was a period where I just went full throttle while I was doing nothing but events okay well um bartending I worked in a bar probably for like maybe a year and then I had quit okay somebody put their finger in my face and I just was like oh yeah you can't take that disrespect yeah yeah no 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 no, no. yeah because it wasn't the same way you had did the thing with the lady out of time she was like this and she was a white lady too Uh uh-oh yeah Yeah. so But um, and, but uh, that endeavor into bartending has paid off. You were just telling us uh, before we started that you uh, entered and won a cocktail competition recently. Yes. Yeah. So and that's dope. Uh, yes. So there is um, in the DMV area there is a um, 
a nonprofit organization um, called Chocolate City's Best mm -hmm. um, with a group of talented minorities in the industry, bartending industry, in hospitality industry, who got, got together and started creating platforms and opportunities for other uh, minorities and people of color um, in the hospitality industry. And one of the ways that they do it is um, they allow you to compete. Okay. And as you compete um, in the cocktail competition, you win prizes. Like they, you know, this particular year, the top two um, were allotted the um, opportunity to, to not only go to Portland, but they're also allowed to um, get scholarships and certifications. I'm a part of the, I have, was allotted as, play, because I placed third, I mm -hmm. was um, able to place, um, get scholarships for certifications, oh, nice. which I'm working on right now. Okay. Um, and then it also just helped elevate my platform and they connected me with so many people that, I, um, that I'm thankful for and have mentors um, now, you know, in my industry, especially with women, um, it's been, it's been a hard road with women, um, mm -hmm. for me, um, when it comes to bartending, everybody's like clawing, calling at each other. Um, right. but now I'm in a safe space and a community that of women that are embracing and loving and it's just great. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. So, yeah. um, you talked about like the industry and the, uh, the different things that, um, you know, that, that you're going through as a woman. Uh, is it something that you would recommend to other people? Like, oh, yeah, other most, women? oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I always say like, if you want to get into it, um, just jump into it. Mm. Um, you know, I was thinking about this the other day and like reflecting on my life and just reflecting on this past year. Um, at the beginning of 2020, I was doing um, things that were out of my comfort zone. Um, some good and some bad. Um, mm -hmm. At the beginning of 2020, out of my comfort zone, I was actually trying to like go back into, um, trying to go into the restaurant part of bartending because I had never done that. And right. it was always like, you know, you gotta wait, you gotta wait. And that was difficult for me because I never had to wait. You know what I mean? Right, right. And if somebody denied me, I took my opportunity. And I right, think right. that scares a lot. Um, the more you, and I thought about this today, the more you continue to wait for your opportunity, the more, like, it'll never come. Right. And yeah. I think if for anybody who's watching out there or listening, like, just take your, take your opportunity. Don't wait for nobody. If somebody telling you no, create your own. Right. There's right. too many people out here creating their own and exactly. don't be afraid to create. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, yeah definitely. Um, you know, people, like you said, waiting for their opportunity or waiting to get to a certain point to try to seize the opportunity. I always tell people it's definitely someone out there right now doing more than you're doing with less than what you have. So get out there and do it. Definitely. Exactly. So um, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, um, I, th I think it's true that kind of anybody can pour a drink, but to get to a certain level as a bartender, it's not as easy as people think it is. Right? No, it is not. So many, uh, like, there's so many little things about the industry that people uh, don't really understand or realize until you get into it, until you're there, and then you realize. So what's some of the, like, uh, you got into a certain level as a bartender, uh, like I said, probably one of the top bartenders in, on the East Coast, right? Mm -hmm. So um, what are some of the, the struggles that you had to go through or some of the things that you learned that weren't as easy or, you know, um, were a little more difficult? 
Um, I was, that's a good question. Thank I, you, I do that from time to time. <laughs> I would say um, what started off for me, I think was just getting technique right. Like I literally, like I said, I created my own opportunity. Nobody really like sat down and really kind of like work with me at the beginning. Um, I was literally overpouring. I wasn't using no jigger. Um, I was literally like- What is jigger? Oh, sorry, yes, that's a good question. A jigger is a measurement. Um, it's a measurement on how you can pour your alcohol. Like you can get okay. an ounce. It's normally it's a half ounce and then the larger part of the jigger is an ounce and a half or two ounces. Um, so that's what you can use. It's a bar tool that you can use to measure your pores and give you the right amount of alcohol. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, you were um, over pouring and stuff. And oh yeah. I was definitely, you know, taking people out. You know, right. <laughs> I didn't know any better. Yeah, um, yeah. and then, uh, not even just that, um, educational education, like, um, just, different discovering different types of palettes um discovering different types of alcohol and why alcohol was originally created and what it's good how it's good for the body and how it can affect the body we're all we're kind of bartenders um i think we get the 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 sometimes the shit and shit on the stick but we actually are like the doctors not only are the psychologists but we got to make sure that we you know we're giving you the right amount because if we do right we can go to jail, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, we can go to jail, um, for pouring you, to, you know, for pouring you too much and you get out into an accident. We, you know, right, we, can, right. we go to jail for that. Um, so making sure that I follow the rules and the laws, um, that are, I have to adhere to, um, and then just spirits, right. um, in okay. general, when I say spirits, I mean the different types of collective, um, bodies of alcohol from your cognac to your vodka to your tequila to your whiskey to your bourbon knowing the difference between whiskey and bourbon um and uh what else am i missing from your wines you Mm. know um there was a time where i only drank sweet wine like sweet red and now you can't even you put that stuff in front of me I'm like what the hell is this <laughs> you don't want no roscato no <laughs> i mean i might have it from time to time but then i might splash a bit of tequila or some bourbon in it to uh-uh. try it out a little bit you know give myself a little cocktail but yeah i'm more of a dry wine i like cabernet now and i'm a prosecco girl um your, uh, you would say your palate got more refined as you oh yeah like, most okay. definitely Ooh. Most so do you have a signature drink like that you make, like something that you do better than anybody or something that you... Yes, and I actually, that's what uh-uh. helps place... You said that with comedy, yes. <laughs> Tell me what it is, I want to know. <laughs> you gotta be. So actually what helped me, um, which has been my signature drink, um, I call it the um, the fight to remember and that actually helped me place third in the cocktail competition. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's actually with mumbo sauce. Hmm. Yeah. So that's uh, my yeah. signature cocktail. Yeah. Um, I make it. Yeah, I make my own uh, mumbo sauce, simple syrup, and yeah. oh, okay, you make your own because I was. <laughs> oh yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you can use regular. I wouldn't use regular mumbo sauce, but yeah, you have to make a kind of like a concoction of uh, right. a simple syrup with mumbo sauce. But yes, and. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it. Such a DC thing. Yeah, because I was thinking that sounds, that doesn't sound, uh, you know, uh, good. But it obviously won third place, so it must be, you know, delicious. Oh, yeah. Um, And it's very different and unique. 
One, mm-hmm. I wanted something when I thought about Childhood Cities Fest. And I was just like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of these people, you know, they're not born and raised here. Like, or right, they are right. here. Or, you know, no, they moved from other places. I was like, you know, I'm going to try to represent. Like, let me show you what real Chocolate City people do. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. I have been in the trip. I was outside. That's what they say. I was right. outside. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to incorporate um, mumbo sauce and I played around with it for like two, three weeks. It wasn't just like something that was like, hmm, I want to play with this. Um, yeah, I had to do it. And then with the competition, um, I had to make it rep- rep- replicable. Um, and what replicable means, um, you have to make sure that um, not only can I make it, but can you make it and the person who follows the directions make it okay. um, so they were very very big on that so I had to you know switch up some things and I was kind of worried I was not kind of I was worried right, um, right. during the competition um, that this might not be good for me but I was just like let me just go out with a bang and okay. it actually you know people enjoyed it the judges loved it and um, presentation is everything that's another thing that I think helped me confidence is it was a confidence booster um with bartending you know because you know with that you got to really know what you're talking about you right. got to be confident we're natural we have to be natural born sellers yeah. to get you to drink what you feel like we feel like you should be drinking right. yeah yeah that's uh or what we believe is the right choice for you is they feel Right, right. So, uh, so yeah, there's, there, so there's that marketing aspect of it. You, uh, you know, you pick oh, yeah. up to people because you might change somebody's mind. They might have came in thinking, you know, I drink this and that, or you know, mm-hmm. you, you let them try something new and you give them their new favorite drink. So, uh, so that's a, a dope aspect of what you do. Um, the, you talked about the level of confidence that it takes, and um, you know. Uh, in the business basically and how much uh you have to be a marketer and how much you have to sell and things like that um so how much did that marketing experience uh or do you use it on a regular basis or oh yeah i have to use it yeah with this whole entrepreneurship thing that i've been doing yes but i've definitely used it um when it came to bartending one, I had my own like mobile bar. I have my own mobile bar. Oh, really? Business. Yeah. So you can also book me online or you okay. know, email me and we can discover prices and packaging. But um, yeah, I I had to start from just marketing, period, my own business and okay. contracting myself out. I think marketing wouldn't have, if I would never done the networking and marketing for myself, most people wouldn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I didn't I had to throw I literally had to put myself out there. Right. You know, like and make myself be seen. Sometimes I don't even like being seen, which is weird, right? Like yeah. you know, um I'm extrovert I'm an extrovert. Well no, I'm an introvert, extrovert, or extrovert, introvert. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the same way, introverted extrovert. Yeah. So. Yeah, like where I am all in everybody's face. I can be very mixy, all like the life of the party, and then after that it's like, all right, y'all, I'm out. Right, right. <laughs> also cherish your, your personal time, your personal Yeah, space. like, I, yeah. Need to, I need to recoup. Yeah, that's um, exactly what it is. An introverted extrovert. I'm the same way, like, can be out in the life of the party type person, but, you know, you just need that, you know, that downtime also, that personal exactly. time. Exactly. You need to read, you need to read, because a lot of people's energy, you know, it can be, a, like, like, a lot to right. consume. 
So yeah, definitely, definitely. And it can affect your energy. You know, you try not to let it, but it definitely can. Yeah. So, um, so I want to talk a little bit about your uh, your endeavor into the acting field. Yeah. And because uh, you're uh, a part of this uh, this Instagram show, this Instagram mini series called the Production Team. So how did that come about? How did you become a part of it? So I was making how I came about it. Um, I, one of the girls that I went to high school with, and we were on we danced together too um, in high school. Her name's Courtney Warren, and um, she would follow me on. Uh, Instagram and she would laugh at a lot of my stories which were true stories like they weren't yeah, yeah. and she was like she came she was like hey I got this idea to do something like the office but a black version you know um, <laughs> and I was just like she was like but I would love you for you to be in it and then I was like ah. I was like I don't know I've never acted before right and then I was just like all right cool like why not right and so I did it and it was it was it was very fun it was very fun it was got a chance to network and hang with um everybody and it got a chance I got the opportunity to kind of like show my personality right. on screen most people only get my personality if you're in person or if you follow me but right. you really got to see me um and that, that opened up another level, layer of confidence um, with me as well. Yeah. And uh, just working through the kinks of that. And, you know, so maybe one day somebody do find me, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, be ready. Yeah, yeah, that's dope. Yeah, you should definitely, like I said, um, you know, it's hard to believe that that was your first endeavor, you know, because uh, I, I watched it. Thank you. You know, um, just in preparation for this, and I went and followed the, the page and all of that because this is good it's very it's well written it looks like crisp it looks uh, like well yeah. done yeah like she, I, and I enjoyed it she wrote that I, yeah she wrote that she's very animated herself so when she wrote it I was like okay I was reading through it and I was like okay how am I gonna do this and it was I felt <laughs> like it was a struggle a bit because <laughs> um my role is like this Kim Parker slash Natasha Rossworld from uh, like Insecure Honda hmm. role. And I was like, that's me, but then it's not me. I'm more so like standoffish with guys. So that I really had to like um, tap into like those roles um, okay. when it came to my character. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so you did some character building. That's, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And, and, oh, yeah. You know, putting together who the person was. Um, uh, that that process can be interesting. You know, I do a little acting myself, and okay. that process of um, you know, uh, you know, finding the character, finding the similarities and the differences, and playing off of that can be an uh -huh. interesting process. Um, it, it looked like you did it well, in my opinion. But um, uh, you. do you think that process worked out for you? Like, uh, first of all, how did you, in your way, like, what was your process into getting into the character, and then uh, how well do you think you you did it? Um, I think it, there were, I think there's room for improvement for me. Uh -huh. Um, I do believe that, uh, I would like people to see more, maybe if I could have been a little bit more extra with it. Uh -huh. Um, I think I was more so trying to like, really just show me, I wasn't right. trying to be like other characters at first, uh -huh. but then it was like, um, I still wanted to be reserved cause I don't want to be this typical black girl, like, ah! But yeah. I kind of am like, eh. <laughs> you know, but I'm like that, you know, so it was, a. I think that was my like real big struggle, um, not being a stereotype, but also 
while still shining. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, but I, I, I loved it. Um, I look forward to next season when we do it. Um, and I can't see, I can't wait to see what she does next, what she writes next. Yeah, um, next series. That's dope. That's dope. So um, it's uh, on Instagram. What's the page where people can see it? Um, yes. So for, for people who want to see the TV production team, um, you can always go to at TV under production, uh, underscore production um, and team. Sorry. So yeah, TV under the, I think, yeah. So TV underscore production team. And it is a uh, it's a fun show. Um, you have people um, like Cal, who is also the a great um, producer and um, a camera guy. Um, then um, we also have a, a few people like James and um, Brian, who are part of uh, band, Future Band DC. I don't know if you guys are familiar with them. A lot of them, they're artists in the DC area. They also went to college and I think you too, um, uh, what's that? A&T, North Carolina, um, okay. North Carolina A&T. Yeah, so they're big, um, prominent alumni from there. So it was just a great group of people um, yeah. that got together and we kind of like blended. We kicked it off. We, we, we kind of kicked it off. It wasn't like no shy thing. And they handled it so well. They kind of like, because I was like, oh, all bashful, like, ha, 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 ha. And they was like, oh, <laughs> get in there, get in yeah. there, got this. Yeah. And it would be sometimes behind the scenes when between like certain like in certain scenes between I know when the character James and um, my friend Courtney, they would be so in tune. I'd be like, dang, you know, I forget my lines. Yeah, and I get yeah. how people I get how actors and actresses do that now. Like, yeah, yeah. like they be so into the character or like whatever's going on. They forget their lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly what happened. Yeah, that, yeah, it definitely happens. Yeah, I've done um, did a um a web series called East Coast Grow, and okay. I got the, a, a young lady. I did, saw a few clips of that. Well, okay, yeah, yeah, about the uh, the marijuana cultivation center in DC. Yeah, and uh, the young lady who uh, starred in it, um, uh, Devin Thomas, we've had her on the show. Uh, her and the guy who played my best friend, uh, Mike, and it, um. They are really good actors, and to the point, like it was exactly what you were talking about. They did like a, a more emotional scene together, and I had a line next, and I found myself just like watching, like it was TV. Mm -hmm. And then when it came to me, it's like, oh, it's me. Okay, well, let's start over then because exactly. I'm on that. But yeah, exactly. it's, it's so interesting. <laughs> and then you know, being a fan of the process, you know, it's just like watching everything happen around us. You know, it, it's it's really cool. So, do, do you think you'll do any more acting? Uh, you know put yourself out there do some more stuff um i'm not like i will do i'm not gonna say i won't like i will like um if she does a season two and she invites me back on i will definitely be back on for season two mm -hmm. am i um actively um pursuing any acting yeah pursuing it not at this moment okay. um if the opportunity uh allows itself then like i say like if NBC or Peacock or somebody decides that they're going to pick me up and they want you to do the same thing, then sure. More, more, even if Issa Rae calls, I mean, Issa Rae's big yeah, too. If Issa Rae calls me, I'm definitely, you know, <laughs> ready to uh, say yes. Do right. you, when do you need me? Right, right, right. I, right. I, I can't be at certain points. Issa Rae needs me. But yeah, I will definitely uh, 
I would definitely, I would definitely pursue it. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I was looking at that. You said you mentioned Peacock. That's a perfect fit. That's your last night. Okay. You need to have your own show about okay. a bartender. Uh, okay. Call it Mo Peacock. Yes. Yeah. I, you know, I thought I would be, um, would be cool because I've been in a competition. I've only done two, but you know, the way competitions are set up and done, um, um, you know, maybe either they have cake wars and they have like these uh, competitions for food. Mm -hmm. What about for alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that'd be, and you know, the alcohol, the alcohol manufacturers are always looking for new ways to get their product out there, man. You should pitch that to somebody. That's a brilliant idea. We're going to talk after this about some stuff. Yeah. yeah, alcohol competition show. Get everybody drunk. They'll love it. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> Drink a bunch of stuff now. Yes, like have them go through. And I even um, I even saw like a glass comp glassware competition or yeah. a glass competition on Netflix that had yeah. me like, huh. Everybody got, yeah. It's time for one. Yeah. Like, yeah, that'd be dope, man. Like, really, we need to set that up and at least pitch it and see what happens. You never know. Yeah. But um, so I'm a, I'm with you, um, what the uh the alcohol community refers to as a lightweight. What's below a what's under a lightweight? Like I don't drink at all. And I like mean, you uh, don't have to necessarily, I think there's a transitioning, there is a transition, uh, transition. There is a transition, <laughs> transitional uh no, I'm not going to say transitional. Okay. There is a trend, a growing trend for um, non-alcohol or low ABV okay. um, cocktails. And low ABV is low beverage like um, volume, um, okay. which are no low, like literally little to no alcohol. They might okay. consume alcohol. They might have a little bit of alcohol, but it's not something that's going to have you like, ooh, like right. awesome. <laughs> like if you were to drink a regular margarita. Right, um, right. But I think in 20, I want to say 2018, 2019 is when the trend started and it's been a growing trend. A lot of people, a lot of bartenders um, are, start, are, starting, are starting not to drink anymore. You know, they've developed uh -huh. drinking problems, you know. Yeah, I can see how that would be a hazard of the job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, or they just decided that they just, or they never drink. Like, I'm out. Uh, um, or they just don't want to drink anymore you know right. they've done it they've been there they've done that and they're trying to do things a little bit more serious like i know i had a friend who was just like you know i had to stop drinking because like i just couldn't do that and then try to get back up and do work the next day you know right. what i mean like and i get it like and that's how i'm slowly starting to be even though i still have my moments my moments are still like oh like i had my moment <laughs> on friday i was literally folding clothes and drinking and i was like oh i'm drunk <laughs> did, you get, did you get the clothes folded though you got the clothes um, folded then? just about oh okay well just then about. yeah maybe you need to ease up a little bit if you get right it. so it was just like um yeah you know that you know alcohol is a, is an extreme drug if you if you let it overpower you definitely yeah um so uh i think is you know for for you to say that you don't drink and i think it's also a lot of I've, I've i've been hearing a lot of people who shame people for not drinking oh yeah no i'm not that guy though i love drunk people they laugh at all my jokes yeah uh, no 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 <laughs> well people shame you for not drinking oh yeah all the time yeah, so yeah. and you know there's also a, a thing for that too like where it's like no don't don't shame nobody because that's what you want because you're not a part of the majority Right. You're still the minority. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you know how you choose to live your life is wrong. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you saying that because it's a tough road for people who don't drink. <laughs> Everybody laughing and having fun, and I'm just like, I don't get it, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's but exactly uh, what it is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough for the sober person at the party because everybody wants to, you know, have drunk conversations or freestyle with you. Exactly. And that's not, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, I mean, no, seriously, that's sometimes that's how a lot of people are feeling. So that's why they're coming out with like new cocktails. Like, I don't know if you just, I have Heineken, I have Heineken in my fridge right now, but it has no alcohol in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's not Heineken at all. That that's is that's that's ginger ale, is what that is. I think. No, it's Heineken. <laughs> it sounds like old duels. <laughs> I mean, it technically is. I mean, I have a can. I could literally go and pull it out for you. But um, yeah, I was at the harbor. I was at the Tenga outlets, mm -hmm. and they were giving them out for free. And I was like, hey, at first when I saw Heineken, I said, oh, free alcohol. And then <laughs> saw it. I free. saw it, and then they were like, no, we just need to see you. And then, then they asked me for ID, which was weird yeah so it was like all right so you asked me my id and you ain't give me no alcohol but i was like all right cool i'll take it and we ended up drinking it with our hot with our uh hot dog pretzels from uh auntie ann's oh, so yeah. that actually went really well wow. hot yeah. dogs and beer i get it yeah yeah but it yeah. tastes just like beer and nothing affects you interesting i'm i might have to give it a whirl you know i don't know but I uh <laughs> You but, should. But yeah, I'm um so you're still doing like uh like you said you have your mobile bartending or your um what do you call it? Yeah, I'm a mobile bartender. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm still a bartender. mobile bartender. Okay. Um I just uh recently before the holiday, before Christmas, I had did like a um a virtual cocktail session. Um and then right now what I've been focusing on is uh um, alcohol tastings, spirit tasting. So I want to educate people on the spirits itself while bringing it together because I feel like um, I want to give brands the opportunity to shine, but also open up, especially in the Black community, you know, we're always being pushed alcohol, right? Mm -hmm. But nobody gives us the opportunity to kind of like choose and get varieties of alcohol that really might be aligning with us and what really fits our palate. You know, they just say, here, this is good. Here, this is good. You know what I mean? But let us decide that for ourselves and actually getting people to understand why and how um, alcohol is made, the process of it, and maybe just to give it a little bit more alcohol appreciation. I think if you appreciate alcohol more, if you learn or educate yourself about alcohol, you'll appreciate it more. You won't drink certain things anymore. You know, like for me, like if I see certain um, mixers or if I see certain alcohol, I'm like, would you would you name names or no? You're not gonna name names. Um, you're not going to see me drinking. Uh, what would you not see me like back in the day? I would drink Everclear. You're not gonna see me drink that. You would drink Everclear. I've 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 drank out Everclear. Oh my God, Maybe. Jesus. Can't you start your car with Everclear? Can't you? <laughs> I mean, Everclear. in college, I didn't know. Um, yeah, I'm about to say, like, Everclear is like what you use to, like, make edibles, like, when you need, like, pure alcohol. <laughs> um, it's like Everclear exactly. rubbing alcohol. Yeah, they're, like, um, synonymous. Even when I see, like, I see these punches, like, that people, these little jungle juices, and they put in some vodka. I don't drink vodka. Like, I mean, I'm not really a vodka drinker. Yeah, I, so I, I do like vodka. Um, a friend of mine got me into whiskeys. 
um, last year. So yeah. I've matured into that. Um, but like, so I I have Hennessy, but I would never drink Hennessy. Would never. You know, they Hennessy still has a Hennessy and Coke still has a special place in my heart. So I'll never really <laughs> give up Hennessy. I love Hennessy. Um, I know one, there are just things that I just won't drink. Like I know for me, like E and J, I had it one time and my head was pounding the entire night. Like it was just like, what's going on? Right, and that's I was, yeah, yeah. E and J. Um, I do, uh, I won't drink, what else would I won't drink? That I was just like, eh. Um, my, I won't probably drink a like Seagram's gin. Like I don't drink any gin. Yeah, no gin. But no. you know what's crazy? I was like that until I went to a gin, um, a gin conference, like workshop, and we had to do like fifty-two tastings. And there are some gins out there that taste like that taste phenomenal. They well, remind you, you me. Huh? The, jun the juniper. I can't get down with the juniper. And yeah gin is is such a potent kind of flavor like you know somebody who's been drinking gin you know what i mean you like if you smell vodka, it. You can't tell. but gin you know it's like yeah but you know what's crazy you use vodka to make gin i can believe that yeah because vodka like especially if you get a nice clean unfiltered or filtered uh vodka it's a good base mm -hmm. for like a lot of stuff but um yeah, I've got some Hendrix, and there's this local distillery here that makes an interesting gin I want to introduce you to. Um, but I I have yet to find a gin, and gin has to go with juice. Like, I didn't realize the significance of why until I tried to drink gin with other things, and I was like, it's hard already, but it needs the juice. If I'm going to drink it, it will literally um, be gin in some kind of juice. Some of my favorite... I've actually, you know, I, I attended a a um, Tangeray uh, a Tangeray workshop, and we made we got the opportunity to make our own gin. Oh, that's and, awesome! Yeah, and we, you know, we added a little bit of spices in order to you know blend it out. Of course, you got to have your standard, like your your juniper, your coriander. You can add other spices to it give it that um they give it that flavor um i know we added hibiscus and some other things to ours to give it that full um yeah um i you know i've i love hendrix i actually had no one of the brand ambassadors of this um of the east actually you know two of, them of the east coast one of them i met um mr flanagan he's really good online um he's in based out of new york and and another one, he's actually a, 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 I can't think of his name. I'm looking right at him and I can't think, is, oh, his name is Vance, Henderson, Vance. Um, and he's based out of DC, he's black and he is phenomenal. I knew Vance was black when you said Vance Henderson. <laughs> no, <it's black. laughs> and he makes really good cocktails and, and he's a Hendrix brand, brand ambassador and he's straight, he's a Howard alum for anybody Thank who's you. watching. Yeah, so he does a really good job of, um, making cocktails and really helping you um, expand your knowledge on gin itself. Um, right. I think gin has gotten a bad name for a long time. And they, I think even, you know, it's crazy. It's so bad. It's gotten so bad to the point that they, they have highlighted it in the conference and like, you know, why people don't like it, why people don't want to drink it. 
And well, it's that's like, something happened with whiskey. Yeah, like they they had like a you know a space in the eighties where people didn't. It was your father's drink. Like people didn't drink yeah. scotch. People drink didn't drink whiskey. Oh yeah, because it was the it was a uh, um, it was what's the word I want to use? It was a it was a, a derogatory history behind it. You know, mm-hmm. let's think about like why pre prohibition and pre prohibition happened, right? People had gone off to war. They came back drunk. They were drinking. Um, mm-hmm. People were dying. Um, even it started from like, and somebody brought it to my attention. I didn't even think of it that way, but she brought a great perspective. Her name was the Collectress Online, and she was talking about how originally, you know, the prohibition started behind, uh, you know, white women. And I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. 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 That's that's racist implications. <laughs> yeah. And I thought she was crazy. Then I said, no. you know what? Nope. And um, for people who don't know, uh, you know, they talk about the um, the the suffrage movement and a lot of those issues. They were getting either attacked in their homes. And they wanted the right to vote and all those things because they didn't have no rights back in the day. Right. Um, even as a bartender, as a female, you could own the bar, but you better not be behind that bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so just to piggyback on just the standard uh, standard white woman back in the day, she didn't have no rights. And her her husband was coming home from a long day of work or even from war, war getting drunk and beating her ass. And, um, you know, after a while, they was like, enough is enough. Let's go out here and fight for this. And of course, as black women, we have to be, you know, you know, we got to push things along because, you know, numbers and we understand value matters. Because if we can help you um, get through what you're getting through, then we know we're next, right? Um, So, you know, there's a lot of with the whiskey, just in general, that was something that was, uh, you know, a lot of people from war brought that back home because they were overseas. They were in France. Um, they were in Scotland, you know, all those places where they brought that stuff. And they were given those those things as gifts, and they would be drinking them and get drunk and be very abusive, or just from taxing, you know, like what's the word I want to say, um, bootleggers. Bootleggers um, yeah. each other, and you had mobs that right, were in yeah. control of yeah, alcohol. That aspect of it, yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's so much around alcohol from how it started to how it's been re- like how it's uh, paved the way for us as people um, from like a health aspect um, to a um, to like I guess to like I guess industry perspective you know nowadays like um, a lot of minorities in the industry hospitality industry they have felony like they have like there are a lot of people in from jail on felonies felon people who have felonies um, are in the hospitality industry. Wow. And yeah. um, without the hospitality industry from serving or being a bartender, they wouldn't be allowed to make money. Right now, they could be struggling or suffering. Or doing more more stuff that got them in jail in the first place. Exactly. Man, it's so multi. It's such a deep, rich history of it. This is why you're the best bartender, because you know all this stuff. <laughs> this is so interesting. We got to have you uh, come back through to talk to us some more about, uh, about yeah. this history of alcohol and, uh, you know, and uh, get us all drunk, and we'll, um, you know, tell stories of yesteryear. No, but uh, <laughs> but uh, man, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming to hang out with us. I don't want to um, go too far. I think Aisha had some uh, some previous engagement she has to get to very fast. Uh, you said you got to um, you going down to the Capitol today? To uh, I'm just playing. I'm just. Playing. <laughs> 
like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> no, I'm just picking on her. But uh, but yeah, man, I do want to thank you so much for coming through and joining us. It's already 1230. Uh -huh. And uh, whenever the time moves this fast, it lets me know that we got to have you come back through and kick it with us again. Uh, oh, yeah. The conversation was really interesting. I appreciate it. I want you to tell everybody one more time where they can see you on um, on the uh, Instagram miniseries. Yes. Um, you can go to um, uh, at TV underscore production team and find uh, me and my lovely co-host there. And you can also follow me on Top Shelf Peacock um, and follow me in my journeys of spirit tastings. Um, you can also um, uh, you can also uh, sign up for the next um, spirit tasting that I have. I'm uh, having a spirit tasting coming up this week. Um, which I'm excited is Mezcal versus Tequila, um, which okay. I'm really excited about. And um, the next one that I will be planning is for uh, Black History Month, where you will be get the opportunity to learn about Black distillers and their particular brands of alcohol. Because we want to, you know, because the doors are opening in the hospitality and distillery in industry, um, and they're making room for Black people, even though we were the ones creating it for them. Um, right. I want to highlight them, and I want them their, their their brands to get more exposure. And I want us to, you know, sometimes I want us to buy Black. Not sometimes, but I want us to buy Black. Always, yeah. Yeah. So if we Definitely. can, let's do it. So thank you for your time. Yeah, and opportunity for allowing me on here. Um, no problem at all, man. <laughs> And the social media that you gave, that's also where people can get in touch with you if they want to do um, uh, look into your mobile uh, bartending business or to hire yeah. you out as a bartender. Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Top Shelf Peacock. Um, Top Shelf, like T-O-P-S-H-E-L-F and Peacock like the bird. Right. So yeah, Top Shelf man. Alcohol and then there's Peacock. So yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to reach out to you about... Um, uh, looking into maybe a, a reality show based around the competition okay industry. i'm definitely, down. I'm definitely yeah. down something that would be great to do yeah. um yeah. i know i have i've talked to this about plenty of people um i'm not really the i probably would rather be the like just the planner operations but i know some good people that have been in the uh the spaces of competition after competition mm -hmm. and They've just they just killed it. So um, yeah, I'm down to talk about it. So all right, yeah. So we'll we'll uh, dig into that. Aisha. Um yeah, no, I didn't have anything else. I got like I just get, this is the third call. I got somebody on the line, so I'm happy to. All right. So, yeah, with that being said, thank you guys so much for joining us for another episode of the Neighbors Livecast. Um, on behalf of myself, uh, my feminine energy. This Aisha and our esteemed guest, Monica Peacock. Yes, thank you. Yeah, I got it right. Okay. Uh, um, because I know I'm messing up at some point, but I'm glad I made it through the whole show without doing that okay. good. So uh, <laughs> thank you guys. Check us out next week. We'll be back uh, with uh, more guests, more great conversation, more information, and more fun. Y'all have a great week. Take care of yourselves and each other. Watch out for the murderous whites. They're out there now. But <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> but, uh, hey, they they out there taking over stuff. But um, uh, yeah, y'all be safe, uh, be happy, be loved, and uh, keep grinding. All right. Peace.